Welcome to your new favorite podcast, OMLS, with your host, Aryaman Varma. Here, Aryaman chats with religious leaders, economists, and modern philosophers to help shine a light on the dark corners of economics and religion. So without any further ado, let's kick off this episode. Welcome to OMLAS, the podcast where we explore the intricate dance between technology, innovation, and ethics. I'm your host, Arman Farmer, and today we have the distinct pleasure of hosting a visionary leader whose contributions have shaped the landscape of innovation and connectivity. Please join me in welcoming the founder and CEO of Unbound and the managing director of Bharti Global LTD, Mr. Shravan Mithu. Thank you very much for being here. It's an honor to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for, for having me. Looking forward to the conversation. Sure. To get started then, could you share your personal journey and background and how that has led you to where you now are? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I uh, grew up in India, um, I'm a second generation member uh, of an Indian family. Um, I have a twin brother um, and an elder sister. All of us grew up uh, back home in India. So the first 18, of, 18 years of my life was was back home in India. Um, as you may know that we come from a pretty entrepreneurial family. Sure. Um, my father started India's largest telecom company under the flagship brand of Airtel, which has about five, almost 500 million subscribers uh, across uh, 17 countries, right. mainly India and across Africa. Um, after, you know, growing up in India, I uh, moved to the UK for my undergraduate. I studied at the University of Bath, where I majored in finance. Um, and then I've uh, taken a, I would say a little bit of a roundabout way and ended up with Unbound. I was first in the finance industry, uh, for the first four years of my career. Uh, spent a small stint with uh, Merrill Lynch in New York, uh, doing algorithmic trading. Uh, and then with uh, JP Morgan did, uh, investment banking in tech media telecom. I joined our, our, um, uh, telecom business when we made the acquisition of Zane in 2010. Uh, so I lived in Africa for two years which was uh, one of the most transformative experiences. I mean, I did everything you could possibly imagine, sold SIM cards on the road, put dishes on the towers, etc. cetera. Um, fantastic experience for two years, then came back to India, was part of the team that launched 3G. Sure. Um, I went to business school. I was at HBS for a couple of years. Uh, and then ever since graduating from HBS, I've been in the world of investing. First as a distressed private equity manager, turning around brick and mortar, aerospace manufacturing businesses, and then in the world of technology. Right. And... So I would say that you know, Unbound is a culmination of all my experiences. Uh, I've been in an operating role and then an investing role. It's very clear to me that there is a, a gap uh, that needs to be fulfilled, which is backing entrepreneurs with disruptive ideas, disruptive businesses, but partnering with long-term nature and long-term capital in mind. And that's what I do today. Sure. That's absolutely incredible. Uh, but you mentioned your time in Africa and that's something that I think is extremely interesting. So do you mind expanding a little bit on what you did in Africa in those two years? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so Airtel, which was uh, an India-only company, telecom company, uh, decided to make the acquisition of a um, telecom company called Zane in 2010. Um, the acquisition was just over $10 billion, um, the second largest telecom company uh, in the continent of Africa. At that point in time, 17 countries. Now we have about 14 um, so my experience was, was fascinating. I, I went over, I, I decided to leave my job, uh, in London at JP Morgan, um, and, and, you know, sort of jump over to Africa. And the sure. reason for that was trying to understand, you know, A, how a large scale operating business works, B, obviously curiosity of how a telecom business works. 
and three, having a completely different exposure into a new continent. And so I did, you know, I worked across eight different countries. I was based out of Nairobi, right. uh, which is my, which is the headquarters of the group, um, the African entity. But I did everything that you could possibly think of, sold SIM cards on the road that I alluded to. I, you know, spent time optimizing networks in Ghana, where I was climbing up towers, putting the dishes, uh, did supply chain management, uh, contract negotiations, uh, pitched for the Rwandan license back then. I mean, it was a all-encompassing experience, and I got uh, to manage um, different I would say operating infrastructure, operating problems across eight different countries. So it's quite a phenomenal experience uh, over a two-year period. Yeah, that, I, I can tell you that sounds genuinely amazing. Uh, and I'm sure that the experience is very gratifying uh, in that sense. But with entrepreneurship, was that something you, had, you know, obviously you mentioned your entrepreneurial background, but was that something that you always foresaw yourself going into? Yeah, I, I would say in, in terms of the, in the Africa opportunity or just entrepreneurship in general. Just entrepreneurship in general as well. Yeah, I would say that, you know, are, are you growing up, you know, all, all our conversations around the dinner table used to be about businesses. You know, I'm a, I'm a sports nut. I mean, I'm, uh, I could watch any sport play, you know, as many sports as I possibly could. Big fan of tennis and football. And every time I'd be watching a match, um, you know, I would say my father's attention was always around business. So, when we would watch, you know, a Premier League football match, he would constantly notice all the different sponsors and be like, oh, that, you know, company does this right. business. So we were always centered around business and business focus. So I think at the, I would say in the subconscious mind, it was sort of this build up that, you know, we need to be running businesses. And it's, it's kind of, I would say, driven me to say, okay, what am I really good at? What do I enjoy doing? And can I convert that into a business? So the end state was always going to be running my own business for sure. It's just taken me a little bit of time to figure out what that was. Um, no, absolutely. And you obviously mentioned football team. What football team do you support? I support Manchester United. So right. I would say before anybody makes a comment, I said I, I had a wonderful childhood. Uh, growing <laughs> up, obviously, uh, you know, I've had the best of the best, uh, you know, uh, I would say 10, 15 years. Uh, and now we're going through a little bit of a, a typical tough time in a transition, which has been a decade long. So it's a little painful. And I'm trying to uh, uh, somehow convince my boys that they need to support Manchester United as well, which is not an easy ask when they're playing this badly. Sure. Don't, don't worry. I'm on the same page. I support Chelsea. So. <laughs> yeah, I've got the same experience. Uh, but more on Unbound. Can you expound, expand on Unbound and what it aims to achieve? Yeah, so Unbound, you know, the, well, first of all, the name comes from you know, not to be bound by the way the, the world operates today. Right. And it's really how do you put a long-term mentality, long-term capital, you know, partnering with hopefully what we, what we will uh, end up having is generational businesses. So businesses that are not looking at, hey, how do I optimize, you know, the next quarter or two quarters or a year and, you know, get a new upround. Frankly speaking, we don't care. What we really care about is building businesses. And, you know, being in an operating role and an investing role and seeing what it's taken to build Airtel, you know, in front of our eyes is very clear that you need a different type of capital. So I just want Unbound to be the long term, you know, capital of choice, long term partner of choice. You know, we will do things that, you know, a venture capital firm will not do. We've arranged debt financing. Um, we have guaranteed debt financing for some companies. Um, you know, we have invested in businesses when nobody else will look at it. 
Uh, we've increased ownership over a period of time in our best businesses. So we just want to be the long-term partner of choice. Sure. And you mentioned briefly that you've invested in businesses that nobody even looks at. So how do you spot prospective investments? Like, is there a criteria? What's the process? Yeah, I would say that the process is not dissimilar for most investment firms, right? I think everybody is trying to figure out what their own edge is. Right. And for us, it's, well, for us, it's a culmination of my experiences and my team's experiences. So I've obviously had the benefit of, for example, living in Africa and understanding the ecosystem. So looking at the continent and identifying businesses, I'm very comfortable doing, uh, very comfortable trying to understand or having an understanding rather of what the local nuances are in each country where we're investing and how do we help those businesses expand. So your venture capital dollars in Africa are, you know, a fraction of what is deployed either in Europe or in India or even in Southeast Asia, uh, forget US. And so, you know, we've taken two in, two bets over there. And in one of those companies, we've been partnered for about almost six years now where the larger shareholder of that business is going through a round of financing at the moment, which will hopefully disclose in a couple of weeks time. And it just allows us to have the ability to take risk in geographies that people want. Right. And the technology and telecommunications industry is constantly evolving. How do you and your teams uh, Unbound and Bharti Global stay ahead of these rapid changes and identify promising opportunities? Right. So they are, I would say, two different brains. So the Bharti Global brain, you know, through Bharti Global, we have our you know, shareholding in Airtel. So, you know, Airtel and I sit on the board of the Africa telecom business um, and the Indian telecom business uh, and the Africa telecom business still chaired by my father. I would say for the telecom business, you're constantly having to evolve the infrastructure and by the infrastructure, I mean the network. So that's your core job as a telecom business, which is how do you optimize the networks to ensure that any customer that's guzzling information is having a seamless experience. And then on top of that, what you know services can you layer on top? What digital services can you layer on top? And either you build that in-house or you partner. And Airtel has always taken the decision to partner with you know, a variety of different, you know, companies. For example, we've got partnerships with Palo Alto Networks to provide cybersecurity for our customers, etc. And on the unbound side, you're going, you're going slightly different. You're going a lot earlier. You know, we're investing in companies that are sort of Series B. Series B for us means product market fit, commercial traction, and they're looking for capital to scale. And there we're investing in, you know, cutting edge data analytics businesses, machine learning businesses, uh, financial services businesses and last mile logistics. And, and so it's slightly different than the mandate of the two organizations. Sure. And you've obviously talked about Africa and the positive impact uh, on the communities in Africa that you had. Can you talk about the role of CSR in both of your professions? Are there any examples of how Unbound or Bharti Global um, have CSR initiatives that lead to positive outcomes for both communities as well as organizations? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I mean, uh, through Bharti Global, again, it's, it's because Bharti Global is a, is, a, is a holding company. And so all the CSR activities gets done through our operating businesses. So if you take Airtel, Airtel has massive CSR activities. Right. We have through the foundation about 270 schools that are actively run, which are effectively free schools. We've got a university um, that, that we're supporting. So we've got about 30, 40,000 kids that are going through, uh, you know, uh, in a great education program. Uh, and then in the Africa ecosystem, we've supported local villages, education, and then unbound through our portfolio businesses, we always ensure that there is, you have to be a little careful in the earlier stages of the business because you want to build the business out first before you get sort of big into CSR. 
but there's always an eye. For example, M Pharma, you know, provides access to about two million customers uh, with, uh, or rather, better access to healthcare and medicines across, you know, six different countries in Africa. So there's always, I would say, positive elements of, of certain businesses. Entrepreneurship often involves taking constant but calculated risks. Can you discuss a particular instance where you had to make a bold decision and how it turned out? Yeah, absolutely. I would say the the boldest decision that I have been a part of is uh, you know bringing a company called OneWeb out of bankruptcy. So OneWeb is a low Earth orbit satellite constellation. There's only two in the world. There's us and Starlink. Uh, we were approached by the UK government uh, in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, they came to us and said, "Look, will you help us?" revive what they believe is a national asset and a critical asset, infrastructure asset. And from that meeting to, you know, putting a bid together, we only had about 10 days. So we put a bid together in 10 days with the UK government, won the bid, um, had to bring this company out of chapter 11. We did it in three months. We raised 2.7 billion. We've completed all the launches. Uh, part of our launches actually were held by the unfortunate war between Russia and Ukraine. And so we had to, you know, navigate through that, I would say, which was very challenging. But, you know, it's been a, I would say, great learning experience. We do believe the end outcome is going to be really large because it's providing Internet connectivity to places where it's very hard for a terrestrial telecom company to reach. And most recently, we've just completed a merger with a French satellite operator called Utilsat, which will create the first integrated um, uh, GeoLeo satellite constellation in the world. So we're pretty excited. Sure. Um, still early days, but hopefully, uh, you know, it's going to be, it'll turn out to be a good story. Uh, but I do think that this will have great impact over the next decade. That sounds incredible. And sort of on this good impact kind of notion, how do you view the relationship between ethical business practices and profitability in the sense that is good ethics, good business? Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's actually an interesting question. I mean, I would say that at the end of the day, we are always dealing with, you know, people, businesses is a you know combination of, of managing people. And for us, if you look at all the brands that we have been involved in and built, I think the uh, ethics standard has been really, really high. Right. And I would say that we would put that at, you know, top priority. We'll a lot of the times not do deals where we are not comfortable. I think for us dealing with good people uh, in business or in sort of personal life is super important. And we put that at top priority and we will, only do businesses with people and organizations and institutions where we have that level of comfort. Sure. And looking ahead into the future, where do you see Unbound or where do you want Unbound to be in five years time? And also, what are your thoughts on the future of connectivity and technology? What what excites you about the future? Right. So Unbound, I would say that it's easier for me to answer what where I want Unbound to be in 15, 20 years time. I think the next five years are you know, ever changing with the, um, I would say, issues around uh, inflation, geopolitical issues, etc. Sure, sure. The end goal of Unbound really is to become, you know, a 30, 40 billion dollar organization. And the reason we come to that number is that we just want to compound at a particular scale. We'll soon be hopefully uh, a billion dollar company as a holding company. Right. And we just want to scale that as fast as we possibly can which means supporting our businesses because Unbound is a culmination of a variety of different businesses that we uh, help operate. And so that's really the end goal. And we want to become one of the largest uh, technology investors and, and builders in the next 15, 20 years. In terms of what excites me the most um, at the moment, I mean, clearly 
you know, the noise around AI is really interesting. We as a firm have taken a view to just, I would say, play with AI, um, you know, try to understand the benefits of AI, look at what you know, different companies are being created because the pace of adoption is the fastest we've ever seen. Right. At the same time, we're very slow in deploying capital in the ecosystem because we're still trying to determine whether a lot of the businesses are building a true business, a disruptive business, or whether it's just a feature that will be competed away by existing organizations. So I think that's a great in, sort of spot that we're interested in. Cybersecurity is extremely interesting to us. As more and more devices get connected, naturally you need uh, the ability to protect those devices. We spend a lot of time there. And then access to, um, uh, I would say, financial products. And how do you get more and more um, customers, mainly in emerging markets, uh, you know, the right kind of financial support? And that's, I think, really interesting. And it's, it's a reason why financial services is one of our core uh, investment themes. Sure. You mentioned cybersecurity uh, and obviously that's extremely interesting and ever increasingly interesting. What do you think the breakup is um, at Unbound in terms of do you have numerous members that are on a cybersecurity team that are making sure everything's technologically safe, etc.? Yeah, for Unbound, you know, we partner again uh, with, I would say, the best cybersecurity companies. We're constantly, uh, you know, reevaluating how our own internal systems processes work. We obviously have the benefit of understanding how a large telecom operation thinks about cybersecurity, about protecting its own network, protecting its customers' uh, network for enterprise customers, and then protecting the retail customers as well. So we're always... I would say learning, evolving, and understanding the new businesses that are being created. And within that, I think we find great investment opportunities as well. So it's a great combination for us. Sure. And, you know, outside of the work space for a second, do you have any personal habits and routines uh, that help you stay productive? Um, oh, gosh. Um, I would say uh, I keep adapting my routine. So I, I'm a person that typically goes through phases uh, in life. So I will go through... Most of the time is obviously getting exercise three right. or four times a week. I think that's really important. Right. I changed my diet like five, six years ago. Quite substantially was the first change. So I basically do an intermittent fast every day. So uh, dinner straight to lunch, no breakfast. Uh, yes. And uh, I think that helped me a lot. It's given me a great boost of energy. And then very recently changed my diet from, I would say, uh, a lot of meats to more um, vegetarian, vegan diets. Um, uh, which has also been really beneficial. And then I, I just think having the ability to um, have uh, structured conversations with interesting people has been greatly beneficial to me. And then sports is a key part of my life. So in different phases, one takes priority over the other, but it's some mix of those three or four different aspects. Sure. And finally, as someone with extensive experience in both the startup ecosystem and larger corporate environments, what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs looking to create a meaningful impact with their ventures? I would say that um, most of the times I, the advice that I give is pretty unorthodox, which is I will tell uh, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs starting their businesses, don't think about venture capital as the only way to grow your business or to raise capital. I think try to be self-sufficient as early as you possibly can. Right. If you go back in history, if you think about you know, um, our telecom business, you go even further back, you look at Michael Dell and a bunch of these, you know, um, wonderful entrepreneurs and businesses. 
they were really focused on just building their business. I think we've been distracted a lot in recent times about valuations and that became what felt like the core metric. I always guide people, understand what your core offering is, understand your customers and why they're buying your product and really go and build a business around that. And with that, you'll naturally get scale uh, in your particular vertical or your niche. And then once you get that scale and that escape velocity, then look at other different avenues. That's one. And the second is just focus. I see a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, investing capital, et cetera, on the side. And most of the entrepreneurs, we told them just focus on building your business because that is a big ask and a tall order already. And you don't need more distractions in life. Brilliant. Thank you for joining, joining us on this enlightening episode of Omelas. We extend our deepest gratitude to Mr. Shama Mittal for sharing his invaluable insights and experiences with us today. If you'd like to stay connected and be the first to know about our upcoming episodes, make sure to hit that subscribe button on our website, omelas.podbean.com. You can also find us on the Podbean app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Player FM, Samsung Podcasts, and Boomplay. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving us a review. Until next time, wishing you a day filled with curiosity. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Omelas Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Once again, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.